all love a good mystery, right? But how do you solve a mystery when there are no witnesses, no cameras, no internet, and the evidence is more than 200 years old? Welcome A-Push students, my name is Mrs. Costa, and in today's podcast, we are going to be diving into the mystery of the Lost Roanoke Colony, located in Hatteras Island, North Carolina. When Governor White and his, his men arrived years later, after leaving to retrieve supplies from England, all they found were the words Croatan arrived carved on a tree. What was the meaning behind this carving? Where did all the colonists go? Is it a clue to those who promised to return with much needed supplies? In order to fully grasp this mystery, we need to go back to the very beginning. Why and how did these colonists end up so far from home in the first place? And then later on, where did they go? We began our story with the Europeans, who began colonizing as early as 1000 AD when Leif Erikson, a man from present-day Norway, went off in search of other lands. Fast forward to 1492, when Columbus sailed the ocean blue with his three ships, the Nina, Pinta, and Santa Maria. He is given money to do so by King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Spain, and the Spanish are going to lead the way for Europeans to begin their own expeditions into this new world. So as many of us know, England is late to the exploration game, similar to a student who decided to stop at Starbucks since they were already going to be late to school. Just kidding, guys. Not trying to throw shade, but facts are facts, people. So back to England. So in 1577, Sir Humphrey Gilbert makes a plea to Queen Elizabeth I of England and asks England to get on board with the expedition trend that we see happening across Europe. It's not until June of 1578 that she finally gives him permission in the form of an official charter to do so. This document states that Gilbert and his men are allowed to discover, search, find out, and view such remote heathen and barbarous lands, countries, and territories that were not already claimed by other European nations. So we're going to talk more on the subject later and how it relates to our first theory that the native population killed the colonists. So Gilbert promises Queen Elizabeth that he would establish a colony within six years and begins his first attempt September 26, 1578. It fails due to storms they face along the journey and this is going to lead us to another theory later on. Years later, he starts the process all over again and sends another fleet of ships, which includes a ship called the Raleigh. And this ship is actually owned by his younger half-brother, Walter Raleigh. Raleigh's ship, along with a few others, begins to make their way towards North America to finally establish this colony that they promised Queen Elizabeth years before. And his ship did not have enough supplies um, and is turned around shortly after. Gilbert and some of his other ships continue on, but a few were lost at sea along with Gilbert. This is where we get one of our main characters, Walter Raleigh, and where he tries to make up for his brother's failures and establish the colony that his brother had promised Elizabeth. So Raleigh quickly gets Elizabeth's attention, and some even say that they were in love. This is important to our story because it explains how Raleigh was able to get the riches that he did, the support that he did, as well as another charter to create a colony in the New World in 1584. This new charter gave Raleigh six years, so you're seeing a trend here, to explore, settle, and claim lands as his own forever that were not already discovered and occupied by other Europeans. Now we get to the key players and how the colony was created in the first place. So Raleigh and his men spend the next few years learning about the land. 
Now, this particular colony was unlike others at the time because it was considered a pirate base to steal from the Spanish ships that would be sailing past as being a regular colony. They met with natives, had friendly meetings and trade, so on and so forth. January of 87, Raleigh convinces an artist by the name of John White to organize a land corporation. White does so, and he, along with 117 others, venture off into the New World. All these families, along with their own money, invest in this particular voyage, and White even convinces his own daughter, Eleanor, to come along, even though she was expecting a baby at the time. So John White is made governor of this colony, and they find that the area is actually settled by Algonquin Indian. So after arriving and settling the colony, White is going to venture back to England in search of much-needed supplies. Winter is coming, a la Game of Thrones, and he leaves August of 1587 and leaves his daughter Eleanor as well as his new baby granddaughter, Virginia Dare, behind. When White returns to England, they are at war with Spain, and Queen Elizabeth makes a declaration that no ship is to leave so as to not get captured by the Spanish Armada. So White doesn't return for a few years due to England fighting Spain, some bad storms, etc. He's so desperate to return, and rightfully so. He left his daughter and his granddaughter there. Remember that he returned to England to get more supplies, so who knew what he would be returning to? Finally, he's given the okay to do so, and in August of 1590, makes his way back to Roanoke. When he came back, the colony was gone. Now, I don't want you to think that he left the colonists with no plan. According to historians, both White and the colonists made a plan that if he were to return and find that all the colonists were gone, they would carve their location somewhere for him to find, similar to X marks a spot on a treasure map, which is going to lead us to where we are going to start the story, the card word Croatan, on a post. So White and his men aboard the ship Hopewell in an attempt to make their way to Croatan Island, but bad weather forces them to turn right back around to England. Personally, I think if you made your way all the way to this side of the world, just dock the ship somewhere and wait out the storm. But I am not a sailor. So instead of traveling all the way back across the Atlantic, just dock the ship. But I digress. So White and his men sail back and he never returns. This is where we lose track of the colony in terms of evidence. So what happened to the colonists? Well, before getting into our theories, just as any good detective would do, we must look at the facts presented in front of us. One, the colonists had a plan to move 50 miles inland to the west. And two, the word Croatan ran on a post, a word that we know is another name for Hatteras Island. White and his men sail back and he never returns. This is where we lose track of the colony in terms of evidence and where our mystery truly begins. The first theory that we are going to explore is one of the more common ones, that the Spanish killed off the colonists. You have the Spanish explorers or soldiers against a colony of regular Joe Schmoes and their women and children. They wouldn't have had a chance against the mites, that is the Spanish. Not only that, but the Spanish supposedly were tired of this pirate fort and wanted to be rid of it once and for all. Remember that during the time that John White was gone, the English are fighting against the Spanish over in Europe. So an author by the name Robert E. Bess suggests that in the 1930s that the Spanish soldiers destroyed the colony due to the relationship between the Spanish and the English at that time. Supposedly, the Spanish tried the colonists, jailed them, or put them to death. 
Um, again, because of their relationship, this is a plausible theory. However, research into the archives in Spain indicate that the Spanish, while feeling seriously threatened by the English colonization, never actually found or knew about the Roanoke Island colony, so that throws that theory out the window. Now, our second theory, that the colonists were massacred by the natives. We all know that the Europeans came to the New World and were met by various native groups. But remember that the official charter given to Gilbert and Raleigh by Queen Elizabeth I stated to view areas not claimed them by other European nations, and it didn't say anything about native groups. Now, this gets us into our second theory, that there are many historians that claim that the colonists were actually captured and killed off by the local native population. But let's take a look at the facts first. From what we have seen from movies like Pocahontas, this theory is a very plausible one. It is not as a secret that the colonists and the natives, whether they be Spanish or English, were not on the best of terms throughout history. Tying this back into our first theory, some say that the Spanish could have pushed the natives and English together. They got rid of the pirate base and the English, who again, they did not have the best relationship with, and get rid of the native population and take over their lands. Two birds, one stone, both problems solved. We later on see that the colonists that settled in Jamestown in 1607, they actually sent expeditions out to shirts for these lost colonists. They gathered information from various resources from various native groups, one group being the Powhatans and their leader, Powhatan himself, actually said that he had killed the Roanoke colonists who had been living with the Chesapeake Indians. There is no actual first-hand evidence that he and his people actually executed the Roanoke colonists. So again, this theory isn't very supported. Our third theory is that the colonists starved to death. So again, some historians say, yes, the colonists died, but the reason in this particular theory changes. The colonists just having died out is probably the most simple and easiest of theories. Uh, that they did not survive the winter, they died out, and time and time again we hear of colonists diving in droves due to disease and lack of supplies. And, again looking at the evidence, we know that John White didn't return for years with the necessary supplies for the colonists, especially when they were so close to winter. So this is another plausible theory. But Mrs. Acosta, couldn't they have just planted crops or have gone fishing? Well, students, apparently not. Archaeologists and historians alike were excited to find that according to tree rings, which as you may know determines the age of the tree, shows us evidence that there was a terrible drought between the 1580s and the 1590s. This drought would have eliminated good, healthy crops as well as the seafood population in the area. Our next theory, and if you're keeping up with me, we are on theory four, is that the colonists simply sailed away and then drowned. So some historians argue that the colonists left in Roanoke were left a small ship by white, and they were desperate for supplies. They were desperate to sail back to England, and so they do so. And other historians argue this point because they said that the colonists were not left with a ship that was large enough to carry the entire group. So again, some colonists would have been left here in the New World. And then again, what happened to them? 
Now, our next theory is one of my favorite, just because of the absolute absurdity of it. So theory five, aliens. Of course, we have to mention aliens. There are some crazy conspiracy theorists out there that claim that aliens took the colonists. But as this is a history class podcast and not the sci-fi channel, we are going to move right along. Just wanted to make sure you're still with me. So, a la Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty. Theory six, that the colonists simply moved in then. Now, this is a theory that some historians, archaeologists have argued about um, due to the fact that there's little evidence that the colonists would have traveled hundreds of miles into enemy territory. An author by the name of Andrew Lawler, who is the author of a book called The Secret Token, states that abandoned by their own people, the colonists melt into the native population and eventually become Indians. The Malungan tribe actually traces their heritage back to these original colonists, and some of their legends and traditions actually say that they took in these colonists. Again, this one, while being more popular than the others, isn't the most popular theory that is out there right now. Our next theory, Theory 7, is probably the most popular theory out there and the one with the most evidence. And that is that the colonists assimilated with the natives. So going back to Andrew Lawler of The Secret Token, he states that archaeology is the answer. So they dig through the earth, they find out what history tell us, and they find a map that leads to a archaeological site. And they title this site Site X. So there's a map that in 1585 John White drew, and it has a small patch on it. So a researcher wanted to find out a little bit more uh, what was under that patch, and they put it under a light table. So they see that underneath is a clear image of a fort 50 miles inland. So tying into theory six. And this fort is 50 miles inland, 50 miles west of Roanoke Island, where the colonists did say to White that they were eventually going to move to. So Croatan, now Hatteras Island, and Bertique County, which is Site X, um, they are now trying to find evidence of the colonists. So at Indian Site X, they find a green type of pottery that is made in England. So it shows that the English people were living with the natives, but others argue that maybe instead of living with the natives, they were just trading with the natives. So this is also being analyzed. Some other evidence shows us that the English people were in fact living with natives and possibly even wearing their clothes. And here's a little backstory into how we assume this theory. It is until the 1830s that people started calling the Roanoke colony a lost or the lost colony. So in Tudor England, they assumed that they became Native American. So a little bit of context. So in the 1830s, we have the Indian Removal Act in the United States. We have the Nat Turner Uprising, which are uh, slave rebellions in the South, and we have immigration. So at this time in history, in the 1830s, it's illegal to marry outside of your race, so black or Indian. And people wanted to find out what happened to this colony, because just assuming that they mixed into the Native population wasn't a good enough answer in the 1800s. They couldn't imagine, they couldn't wrap their minds around the fact that these English citizens would become quote-unquote savages as opposed to stay stay true to English, especially at the time in the 1800s that all of this was happening and they believed themselves to be better than others due to their race. So a mystery, a lost colony, if you will, sounds much better in the history books than integrating with the natives. There's no evidence that there was a massacre, John White did not find destruction, no graves, etc., 30 years later, again, in Jamestown, John Smith mentions that a Native American says that there are people that look and talk like you that live to the South. Many people think and believe that this is a sign that the colonists actually survived and that they assimilated into the Native American population. 
But again, their clothes wouldn't have lasted this entire time. So they would have had to adapt to the Native American population with their language and even their clothing. The warrior aged men at that time, so maybe, you know, 15, 16, etc., and up, the men would have been killed by the Algonquins Indians, which was common because their loyalty may have been suspect and more tied to the English crown, and the women and children survived and stayed with the native population. John Lawson, an explorer, naturalist, and surveyor, states that he met Native Americans that he assumed were descendants of these lost colonists because they say that several of their ancestors were white people and they could talk in a book or read as we do, and we meaning the English people. And this is confirmed by the gray eyes that are found frequently among these particular Indian groups and no others. There are also oral traditions among the Lumbee uh, Native Americans that maintain that the colonists actually intermarried with local Indians and eventually migrated southwest to what we now know as Robeson County. So, what theory do you believe? Well, you all have a decision to make. Today, many historians actually side with the assimilation theory. New archaeological evidence shows that both the native and English um, artifacts lying side by side on the ground support this particular theory. But we won't ever truly know until we hop in our DeLorean and go back and see for ourselves. Thank you for listening, A-Push students, and be sure to tip your waiters. Just kidding. Have a fantastic week and take care.